Veteran Radio. I'm Ray Burton and welcome to another Let's Talk Gardening podcast. Our mission is to provide listeners with interesting, informative topics and up-to-date information. My co-host is Faya Caro, an award-winning gardener, horticulturalist and media presenter. Faye's passion is educating people. Oh, and she loves bugs a lot too. My passion is simply beautiful, healthy gardens. And together each week, we cover many great gardening subjects. Saturday morning and here come the girls, Ray and Faye, with Let's Talk Gardening. Hey gardening friends, how is everybody out there? It's a little bit wintry, it's a little bit wet, all good. It's Radiothon Garden Show today, so it's going to be a little bit different, but it is a garden show nonetheless, and we encourage and welcome your gardening questions this morning. If you do donate between now and 10am, you're going to go into the draw to win uh, four. We have four to give away $75 bigger tree vouchers, and we also have... Uh, two litres of very great giveaway each hour as well. So good incentive to donate in the gardening show and also in support of Curtain Radio and the gardening show. We would love you to do that. And Faye's busting, as you always are. <laughs> Go on, say it. Well, we're working on another prize. So we're going to work on that in the break and then we'll come back to you at 20 past eight. So Wait for an announcement, folks. <laughs> Ta-da, drum roll. Da, 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 da. <laughs> 20 past eight, we're chatting with Neville Passmore. I like how you call him horticultural royalty, and so he is. And we're talking about tropical trees for the home garden, and we're discussing more food, less water. And at five past nine, we're speaking to the lovely Sam Roxas. Now, Sam is from the Victorians, is the Victorian state rep for the Aroid Society of Australia. And a big surprise, they're coming here next weekend. And we're going to tell you all about it. And uh, Faye's uh, literally jumping out of her skin over this one. So uh, that chat will be happening at five past nine. Now, with our Radiothon tally... Uh, in my hot little hand, is currently sitting on $78,848. So let's see what we can do, gardening friends. The number in the boardroom to speak to the, the hardworking team down there is 92663900. And you can donate online simply going to curtainfm.com.au. That's another easy way to get through as well. So... Chris Bartlett was all alone this morning, wasn't he? He was, yeah, yes. Was, yeah, yeah. so he, he did his thing this morning. He delivered a wonderful program of breakfast tunes. Big thanks to Chris Bartlett. And also to uh, the cycling update that we had by our cycling DJ, Jim Crinan. And he will return at 10am with the classic 70s for you. So busy day today, big lineup, born in boots. He's really strong with Radiothon and... Yeah, it's going to be a big weekend for everybody. Bear with us. Uh, it's uh... We'll be here to take your gardening <laughs> calls as always. We are, we are. So 94841927 is our number. Not to confuse that with the boardroom, okay, and uh, the hardworking team down there. And I know we have Cheryl and we have Helen and I, I think I saw Irina you did. Uh, a second ago. And uh, we'll give a bit more of an update. Shortly. So, so what is the number there, Ray, if they want to call in and it's donate? It's 
Okay, so okay. if we've answered one of your gardening questions over the year, <laughs> you know, just $5 would help. It all helps. It all helps. Sure does. It uh, goes to a very good cause, which is uh, your radio station, Curtin FM 100.1. And we love doing what we do. We love bringing the show to you each week. Let's hope we can continue doing that. <laughs> Ray, I think I have a budget deficit this morning. What does that mean? Well, I was cruising down Leach Highway and... I just happened to glance over to my left and I saw one of those m- new multi-nova things oh. and I glanced down at my speedo and it was like just shy of 80 in a 70 zone. So I'm thinking, Did oh it flash? No. no, it didn't. Is that a no. good sign? Yes. Yes, so if it flashes, then you know. They've oh, got you. Fingers crossed because, you know, I'm already behind the eight ball with my plant purchases, as you know. Without having to, yeah, as, yeah. Well, we're always behind. I can't afford to lose any front? more of my budget. <laughs> Are we ever in front? But, yeah, no, it happens, uh, I guess. I often, I mean, I shouldn't say this on air, I'm not a speedster per se, but, yeah, there are times when I've been going, I don't know, five or ten kilometres over the limit. Busy, busy, getting from A to B. It happens. Well, when you're thinking about how you're going to rearrange your plants or yeah. who needs feeding, who needs coming yeah. back, yeah. the weeding, yeah. uh, how much rain did we get in the gauge? It's easy to go straight through <laughs> one of those radars. It's <laughs> a so wonder if I don't I have, have more accidents. We have other fish to fry. Well, I don't know about you, but I have been known to slam on the brakes when suddenly I see a sign on the side of the road that says, Bird's Nest Fern, $10, like, oh, my God. Goodness, quick, yeah, stop yeah, the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bargain. Or fla- something flowering that like, that just takes your breath away. Yeah, mm. I know. So it's 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 who we are. We, can, we, we can't help it. But give us a call this morning, 94841927. As I said, great prizes are on, are on offer today in the next two hours if you would like to donate. And, of course, that number is 92663900. Okay, back to gardening. We will be chatting with Neville Passmore shortly and, of course, Sam Roxer just after the news at 9am. You're looking at a few emails. Shall we kick off I with do. Those? I do have a few emails, Ray. Uh, this one was from Robin of Kingsley. And it is a Calathea zebrina, known as a zebra plant or maranta. They're from Brazil. Many people would have them as a foliage plant or indoor plant. Yeah. Has that got a sort of a velvety... It has, hasn't it? It it has. And it is one plant coming from South America that doesn't really like our cold, wet winters. It's tricky, isn't it? And a lot of these plants will show signs on their leaves, whether water gets on the leaves and sits there and causes bacterial problems or whether the root zone is wet and soggy. So they don't need a lot of water. Uh, They certainly don't tolerate frequent repotting. Avoid soggy soil. And the pests can include scale, mealybugs, spider mites and aphids. They like a humidity around 60%. So what I would do is ensure that it is in a very well-drained soil, so like an aroid mix or Mm. a cactus mix. So light, we've talked about this a a couple of times recently, so potting mix, maybe perlite, you could put some charcoal in, slow-release fertiliser. The thing is when you water these plants, you want the water to run through and then water again when it dries out. So yeah. that might be a couple of weeks' time. 
Yes, also, at the moment, definitely. If you have got the men side, I know it's winter and the temperatures can be very cold, but if you've got your air conditioner on or a fire and that temperature is high or if the plant is near an air conditioner, it's not going to be happy. No, so just and just be mindful of all I'm, that. I'm exposing some of mine to exactly that at the moment. Well, mm. tough tough plants will cope with that, but some yeah. of the more sensitive ones won't. And I wouldn't get water on the leaves, but okay. you could always uh, dust or sponge the leaves. Now, interestingly, this plant won the Ho- Royal Horticultural Society Award of Gar- Garden Merit. Okay. Mm. Yeah, it's a beautiful just, plant. Yeah, a bit of... Extra information, so I hope that helps Robin. Yeah, so okay. bright filtered light, like a, a lot of plants. Yeah, describe bright filtered light. Well, uh, a sunny room. But not directly getting sun rays through the window. At this time of year, that Probably doesn't matter. wouldn't be too much of a problem. Yeah. Maybe a little bit away from the window so yeah, that it's not, not right it's, it. it's like a magnifying glass can be Bathroom a window. would be a good spot for it. it. It could be, yes. Yeah. But a lot of the older houses don't have good lighting. That hasn't been a In consideration. I think these days probably there's more consideration if the house has been put on the block the right way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now I've got a large couple of large windows in my bathroom and I have got my little forest growing in there and mm. they do very, very well at the moment, yeah. Have you got room for more rain? I have. So next weekend, so this know, sudden oh, oh. announcement of the Aroid Society of Australia coming to Perth. Yes, yeah, so you better explain what that is. Well, an email came through yesterday. I was sitting working away diligently your on own my... business. Well, yeah. I was working on my PowerPoint fungi presentation for Monday night, yeah. and this email came through. Faye is easily distracted when there's a pop-up thing on the screen. <laughs> and I went... Oh my goodness, it's Western Australia because I'd seen these meetups that they'd had in Brisbane and Victoria and they had these beautiful plants with the long narrow leaves, the mm, aroids, mm. and I was like, oh, delete, delete. Yeah. <laughs> Don't need to see that. Because we you can't have can't it. have access to it. And as we know, often we miss out in Perth. Blow me down. There we go. They're coming. They'll be here next Saturday morning and Sam will be talking to us because I quickly shot back an email and said, we want to talk to you about this. Mm, Tell us more. Mm, mm. Uh, and can we help you let everyone know about it? Because only members would otherwise know. Be aware. And anyone can attend? They can do. We'll go into more okay. detail about that. There's opportunity to join up and receive men- member benefits, which include access to talks uh, via Zoom that perhaps, you know, you wouldn't have been able to access otherwise. So lots of information and maybe grow their membership. Okay. All right. Well, our lines are certainly quiet, so we encourage calls on 94841927. Next. So we have got a few minutes, and this email came in from Nissa. So she is asking for help with her son's garden. She's been given the daunting oh, task I know what of helping is. her non-gardening son. Yes, I know that feeling too, Nessa. Because you've got a few kids that have needed your help, haven't you? Uh, yes, garden, like all, all of them. Because they're all houses, yeah. Well, and you know what? When they moved into their houses, I let them sit with it for a while. They had grandiose ideas about ripping this out and doing that. With mum's help. Yeah, but mm. then you've got a gap to fill Anything that is growing and has its roots roots established, 
I would endeavour to work with it if it is in the right place, to give it some love and see how it goes. It takes time to get a feel for a garden. It does. And if you're gardening for a non-gardener, oh, my goodness, don't even... There are there are things to work out. You have to understand the watering system. If mm. you do something, you've got to make sure that the water is then set. They don't turn it off because they're doing the right thing and all your hard work can go down the drain. And I talk from experience because I know I fertilised someone's garden once, but they wouldn't turn their water on and water it in. And you, uh, you're woo? left with a real feeling of despair because yeah. you can't make a difference if they don't take some ownership. So yeah, quite right. That's my first point. That was your... um, now... She's asked for identification on some of the plants here. So it looks like the tree is a Chinese tallow. The The big wall that she's looking for help with has a creeper growing up. Now, I've got these photos printed out, so I can't zoom in on them. Initially, I thought it was a creeping fig, but I actually think it might be ivy. Okay. And that will work very well. Ivy can be a very hardy plant, and on a south facing wall it will probably do very well if you like it you talk to a lot of people they wouldn't have a bar of it and it can harm the paint and the wall it will eat into it so yeah, when you I've decide had that happen from a neighbor's mm, property the ivy coming along and wrapping itself around on on older buildings yeah. you'll see it probably as uh, it the university around Netherlands yeah. used to have a lot of ivy yeah. perfect for wedding photos work out if you actually like it if mm. you don't get it off the wall as soon as possible and repair the damage because yeah. it will have an impact I say the latter mm. Mm. so yeah working out what the sun mm. wants to now there are some camellias here and they're not looking too happy or healthy but I would work with them because camellias can be a great plant they're they're relatively hardy if they get the water they need and in this position they could do very well so I would add some clay and compost to the soil uh, and or wetting agent to break down that hydrophobic barrier uh, I would give it a, a feed something that will build the soil and a good layer of mulch they do like an acidic pine bark mulch or pine needles and trim the ends. I think you'll see some new growth fairly soon. Mm. You may not see flowers this year. Okay. But if you can establish those, they will cover that wall and they will do a, a really lovely job. And if you have a look around at the moment, yeah. the camellias are looking amazing. Yeah. Now, other plants to encourage uh, bugs into the garden, anything that has small flowers to... And create, well, a shrub with small flowers will bring in insects and give birds somewhere to hibernate. Maria, uh, Maria paniculata is a good hedging shrub. It will take shade and sun and is very water conscious, very water wise. And Bakia vagata is another favourite of mine. You can get a couple of different sizes. So there's a dwarf and a tall shrub. They're another one that birds and bugs love. So uh, Nissa also asked that we, when we talk about improving soil, we talk about soil solver and would that be a good thing to use? And yes, yes. It, it absolutely would, Nissa. You get one chance at improving the soil. Yes. So I hope that helps. 
just I wouldn't be in a hurry to do too much for my kids. I let them work out what what they want. They mm. need to get a feel for their garden. It needs mm. to be something they like. But well mm. done for give, pointing them in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Now, we need to have a short break. When we return, we are chatting about Stan and his veggie patch. Curtain Radio. You're with Ray and Faye and Let's Talk Gardening and it is Radiothon morning as well. Now, we just got a quick note from a listener. Oh, Shane says that the new speed cameras don't flash, so keep an eye on the letterbox. Oh, <laughs> that is just so cheeky, right? <laughs> Mm, I didn't I think realize. I was doing 78, so that's probably $100 down. It's Better honest. sell some plants. I don't mind if it's a fine, but it's when they fine you and take points, the greedy. Oh, the greedy oh let's so quickly go to Stan's veggie patch. Absolutely. Into the garden. <laughs> Stan, good morning. Morning. Good morning. How are you, ladies? Oh, good, Stan. Happy to be in your veggie patch. Right oh, Here we go. <laughs> okay, I've got a veggie patch, which is uh, I started... Um, about five, six years ago. And um, initially uh, competing with the dreadful heat of the summer with the seedlings and stuff, you know, uh, forever watering and losing stuff to butterflies, etc., etc. Um, I did have some good stuff along the way. But this year I changed my mind about uh, the rotation as regards the time for planting. I thought I'll just forfeit the year if it doesn't work this yes. season. So I put all seedlings like... Silver beet, uh, spinach, broad beans, Canadian dwarf beans, all the green leaf vegetables that I have a go at. Um, I didn't plant any of them until the first week of April. And I've got an amazing array here of lush greens. It's like looking at a jungle, you know, they're going gangbusters. Oh, and, uh, that's wonderful. Everything, everything is really, I'm really... I, I can't wait to get up in the morning and come down and be amongst it. And uh, <laughs> anyway, um, so I'm happy with all the green leaves. We've got, you know, eating uh, French Canadian beans by the bundle now, uh, regular uh, silver beet and the spinach. With the only one little letdown is I've got. Again, I planted them late. I know that, um, and they do need heat, and that's tomatoes. So I've right. got about ten. 10 Bush type uh, sweet bite, you know the, the small tomatoes in. They're about they're about over a meter high, and they're loaded with fruit, but they're not showing any signs of really no, going growing a bit. It's a cold, is it? Yes, they're not winter yeah. growers. Stan, it no, sounds like you've no. done a fantastic job taking your cues from nature and growing with the seasons. That is yeah. excellent. If you want to grow, again. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to grow tomatoes through winter, probably put them in a pot so that you can move them to the warmest location or create a glass house for them. Yes, yes. Um, yes but yes. and you will remember that lesson because you've done it. So well, well done, and thank you for sharing with us. I could I could recommend to all the listeners there that um, it really works, and it's a shame that uh, we've got. I put those, uh, what you get from Bonin's, those combo packs of variegated lettuces, you know, the different ones. Yes. Yeah. And that, they've grown fantastic. We've never had all those varieties of lettuce before, like Kos. We've had the iceberg. I've got iceberg lettuce in the garden. They're as big as footballs. <laughs> oh, well, you better go and pick them in. Yes, our gardens are our assets. And if you're on the East Coast, they'd be worth $12 each. <laughs> yeah. oh, no, yeah. but, but anyway, to, just to finish off... Um, 
yeah, I realised that probably that was the case with the tomatoes. But uh, anyway, I'm really chuffed, and I shall be doing the same plan again next year. Oh, good on you. Any, I've done no spraying because there's no butterflies around. Um, yeah, it's just lush, lush green, and we're having it in, you know, dishes that Julie cooks up. It's beautiful. Oh, thanks for your call, Stan. Lovely to hear from you. Oh, kiddo. Okay, bye. Take care, Stan. Bye-bye. Cheers. Okay, as promised, fourth-generation horticulturalist, horticultural royalty, and part of Green Space Alliance, we have Neville Passmore on air. Neville, you're with Rain Faye. Good morning. Good morning, ladies. How the heck are you? Good. You <laughs> we're, a... we're good, Neville. It's raining cats and dogs here, and you're up in the sunny northwest, I believe. I've just uh, I'm at Monkey Mire. We've just oh. uh, witnessed the uh, the dolphin feeding, oh, and it's wow. been raining cats and dogs up here. Has <laughs> it? Oh. I, didn't, I didn't factor that into my plan for a northern holiday. warm holiday, but. Uh, Anyway, you take what you get. <laughs> well, that will make for a bumper wildflower season, no doubt. Yes, actually, and the country up here is just as green as can be. Oh. So it's a great time to travel mm. um, and, and it will be a fabulous wildflower season for sure. Oh, oh thank you for your report from Monkey Maya. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the no topic worries. that you've chosen to talk about today, Neville, is tropical fruit tree or tropical trees for the home garden tell yes. us why why okay well last summer was an absolute booster well that's not really mm. the right word is it was a shocker it was a shocker had, thank uh, you neville <laughs> we had terrible uh, runs of 40 degree plus temperatures yeah. and in my garden a number of trees uh, did very poorly in other words they reacted uh, badly to the heat particularly uh, robinias and we had a beautiful um, ginkgo or um, maidenhair tree and they were just absolutely blasted Um, the the ginkgo just all the leaves every single leaf went from green to brown Mm. uh, within a a couple of days of the first uh, run of uh, 40 degree days and it it sort of sort of recovered since then but it's, it's certainly been severely damaged at the same time, a poinciana tree, which loves the, it's a tropical tree, loves the heat, um, absolutely took off. It was mm-hmm. like uh, someone turned the accelerator on full bore, away she went. Yeah. So it, it said to me that uh, I probably need to start looking in my garden at, uh, at putting more heat tolerant plants in to, yeah. to cater for climate change. And we know we're going to get uh, more extreme events in the future. So uh, my trip into the tropics was actually a great opportunity to uh, uh, forage around and uh, and find some plants. And we were in Onslow a couple of days back and uh, getting fuel in the car. And uh, I'm sort of looking around, as I tend to do. Uh, and uh, there were a couple of trees just on the corner of the block where that I wasn't quite sure about. So um, I noticed they had these long strings. And then I saw... Uh, the bottom of a few of them, this huge sausage. <laughs> so of course, it was the sausage tree. Yes. And um, that's a real tropical plant. I saw it in um, Queensland, in Rockhampton, in the botanic garden there, in flower, although I didn't pick that it was actually in flower. I saw these gorgeous, brilliant scarlet 
almost maroon red flowers on the ground mm. um, and couldn't work out quite where they came from until eventually I got a particular view and there I could see that on top of the tree, on top of the sausage tree, this beautiful flower. So um, we, I grabbed a couple of fruits from the ground at the, uh, the garage there and stuck them in a, a bucket and uh, I'm going to bring them home and see if I can get some seeds and get them going. Um, so that's that was one interesting one. There's lots of tropical trees that uh, that succeed very well in Perth, and Poinciana or Delonyx is a, is a terrific example. Um, they are a bit shaky to get started because they yeah. don't like our winter. Yeah. So the best time to plant your tropical trees, if you can get them, is in our early spring, early to mid spring actually. Uh, which gives them then uh, a number of, um, you know, it's up to six months basically of warm to hot weather or hot to warm weather uh, to get um, established, and then they, uh, with a bit of luck, can get you can get them through the winter, and you can't even protect them a bit, you know, put a, a bit of a shelter around them for the first winter. Yeah, it's a great idea. Mm. Never will they recommend for mangoes and avocados? Yes. Will the poinciana drop leaves in winter time? Um, yeah, they do tend to drop, or, or they sort of stop stop growing. Um, ours last year didn't drop uh, any significant amount of leaves. Uh, they looked a bit daggy, but uh, as soon as the warm weather came, they were off and away. And uh, there's some very well established ones around Perth yes. um, that are, you know that just put on the most magnificent show of red flowers uh, during the early summer, and the flowering season's long. You know, they flower for months. And actually. And, uh, both poinciana and sausage, uh, a, a sausage tree, are at the Perth Zoo. So, yep. you know, yeah. that that is such a wonderful botanic gardens if people want to look at what the sausage tree is because the fruits look like sausages. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Big ones. Mm. <laughs> like Italian sausages hanging in a uh, Italian <laughs> butcher. Yeah. yeah, it's a remarkable um, looking tree. And another one that, uh, that uh, I'm playing with at home at the moment is the Queensland bottle tree Um, and it looks a bit like a boab yes uh, not related at all it's actually more closely related to our Currajongs and the Illawarra flame tree Um, the flower is not very spectacular but it's got a fabulous big fat uh, stem or trunk uh, that just looks a million dollars and that's been around in Perth for yonks Uh, I photographed one at uh, Horton's winery uh, about 10 years ago, and that, that must be a 30 or 40-year-old tree from the size of it. So uh, they certainly can succeed here quite well. Um, and the Cassia fistula is a, is a real favourite uh, uh, of Perth gardeners as well, and there's some magnificent specimens of those around the town. And, of course, and for listeners who don't know the botanic name, of course, that is the golden shower tree. Indeed it is, thank mm. you, yes. And, and uh, it's a, an unusual tree in that it's, it is monsoonally deciduous. So it loses its leaves completely during the, the late spring uh, and then uh, from naked stems come these gorgeous um, chains of golden flowers. Yeah, pendulums, yeah, mm. yeah. And even jacaranda does the same thing. I mean, that's that's monsoonally deciduous, so that... Uh, it loses its leaves, or many of them anyway, uh, mm. coming up to November, and then, of course, bursts of, of flower, um, and away they go, and it looks fantastic. I guess uh, trees that create any sort of umbrella or canopy are 
uh, what are going to save home gardeners, aren't Absolutely. they, Neville, going forward? Mm. Yep, we certainly need to have a heck of a lot more trees in our environment. Um, and they do a fabulous job of, of cooling us down. And uh, even if you use them to cool your house down, you know, by putting shading trees in the appropriate spots, um, that's a that's a great boon to um, energy saving because if you can turn off the air conditioner for uh, a few more hours, that actually saves dollars and energy as well. Yeah. Um, and it's a wonderful form of natural cooling. Can't beat it. Interestingly enough, turf is is up there as well. Yeah. Um, irrigated turf and irrigated gardens are the two most successful means of combating the urban heat island effect. So you can't better them uh, for that. So it's one of the reasons why we need to uh, take a different look at, at turf. You know, we've tended to look at it and say, heck, uh, this is just guzzling water. Uh, when in fact um, it's actually helping to cool our urban areas, and Correct. that's you know that's the new battlefield really for it is <laughs> in more ways than next. one. Yeah, I was thinking. Yeah, I know. Yep. I know you did want to mention this, Neville. So, as part of the Green Space Alliance, you are right up with the new rules and regulations and the fight that's been going on behind the scenes mm. to save third watering day for boar. Users, would you like to um, to talk about that? Yes, unfortunately, it's a betrayal of the of the Water Corp of um, of the minister, particularly uh, yeah. of our of our people, because without um, gardens, Perth is a very different place. We're really living in a desert, and uh, one of the best examples in the world uh, of living successfully in desert environments is uh, Israel. They have been world leaders in um, coping with uh, these situations. Their level of recycled water use is the highest in the world. West Australia's is is one of the lowest in the world. So mm. there's a, an obvious opportunity for us there to or to rethink how we use um, once used water again more successfully. We're pumping millions of litres of water out into the ocean through our wastewater treatment plants, and that yes. to me is a is a tragedy. Um, you know, it was okay to do when we didn't know that uh, yeah. we we're going to be faced with long-term water constraints. We doubt we now know that, and and we have to do something about changing that. You know, and it's it's not good enough just to cut the water off to the the uh, bore users in Perth and, and let's not forget it's also affected the commercial bores so all the food growing industries are yeah. dependent on commercial bores and they've had to had had to suffer a 10% reduction in the water that they can use. And this is on the back of one of our hottest summers and yet we yep. had such a wet long cold winter last year yep so um we have to uh, find ways of getting more water and using it for greening of our suburbs and our city because yes. the heat island effect is a killer um i'm sure you've heard the stats from the black saturday fires in melbourne where uh, nearly 
200 people died as a result of exposure to the fires. Same weekend, uh, over four, or sorry, just under 400 people died as a result of exposure to extreme heat because mm. there was heat waves through Melbourne. Temperatures were in the 40s. At night time, they were nearly 30. And we humans can't handle that. No. And that's the result of a build-up of heated um, surfaces in our suburbs. Bitumen roads, car parks, concrete. Concrete, yeah. Even houses, you know, uh, put out a lot of heat into the night. So the temperature profile of our uh, suburbs uh, is increasing, particularly at night time where it's quite dangerous. And the way to cool our suburbs is to use plants, basically. And plants, to survive, need water. So I believe that the, uh, the, the minister's... Uh, notes there, or at least his um, regulations, are very short-sighted and are not going to help us well, survive in Perth in the, the style that we would like to be, you know, which is a, a green city. And we're not giving up, are we, Neville? No way. No way, no. no way this is today. a fight. Good to hear. Because... Mm. You know, we know we know how good West Australians are at following rules and they're taking advantage of people assuming that they're going to follow these Do rules. The right many thing. of us don't believe in them. There's too many disadvantages yep. to mental health. We've seen that through COVID, that people escaped to their gardens. On Christmas Day, people lost electricity and suffered in their homes because mm. of um, electricity shortages. Anyone who who swaps to um, not being able to go outside and cool down, then goes inside and turns on their air conditioners. But when that fails as well, I mean, how are we going to be self-sufficient? We need to be able to use less energy, use less water, but use it appropriately, not waste it. Yeah, and look, we we need science behind this. Mm. Um, I believe that the, the, the change in regulations was absolutely in the face of zero science. Uh, yeah. and that's that's yeah. not on. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and let's look at places like Israel that have uh, over over fifty years of research uh, been able to grow uh, crops for the world market in a desert, and in many cases using not only micro microscopic amounts of water by comparison, uh, but also. Um, they've been able to uh, develop new varieties that can handle even uh, saline water in some cases or certain levels of saline water. We've certainly got a lot of that. Neville, we need to move on now. Thank you so much for your time today. I I hope the sky's clear and you're able to enjoy a wonderful uh, time up at Monkey Mire and say g'day to the dolphins for us. I'll do that. Thank you very much. All the best, young man. You take care. Bye. Thank we'll you. Do. Bye. See you, Ray. Bye-bye. <clears throat> Excuse my voice. Okay, back shortly. You're with Ray and Faye, and this is a Radiothon gardening show this morning. And I do have some names of people who have already kindly donated. If you would like to donate during the gardening show, the number you need to call is 92663900. 
And you can donate online by going to curtainfm.com.au as well. Now, the prize is on offer, and we will talk a little bit more about those shortly. Uh, Bigger Trees has four fabulous $75 vouchers to give away, and we're also giving away two litres each hour of the fabulous product. Very great, and we'll expand on that for you. Our new tally is $80,000, and sorry, $80,013, I should say. So we've actually managed to jump up a couple of thousand dollars already, which Very is fantastic. Nice. Thanking David Rogers and Gail Mulligan and Catherine and Melvin Nunes. And we also have Sheila Carrick and Mona Noble, Pam Middleton and Jenny Curran, Tom Yellow, Patty Fitzpatrick and Patricia Connolly. Thank you so much, guys, already. We really, really, really appreciate uh, your support. And you've got something to say? It's a wonderful effort, Ray. And there is an accident at Stirling Highway. Uh, It's closed eastbound at Williams Road in Nedlands. The right lane is closed westbound. Emergency services, towing services and traffic management are on site and police are diverting traffic drive slowly uh, on approach. So that's Stirling Highway closed eastbound at Williams Road in Nedlands. Okay, what is next? Let's talk about bigger trees. Yes. Oh, yes. We've all been there, you and I. We have. Yes, it took me a long time to get there, but it was certainly worth the trip. It is. It's not far, actually. It's only up in Pickering Brook. It's about 20 minutes from here, from Bentley. Well, I don't. I don't venture out all that often, Ray, and it, and I like to when I go out to kind of you know make a few stops. So I know if you I'm, do. I, I think I was ma- out. You make the most of it. I do. Yeah, yes. I, I try and save fuel. And look, the WA is leading frangie supplier, but they also specialise in exotics, ornamental fruit trees. They have a huge range of plants uh, at easily one of the nicest nurseries in Perth. It's a joy to visit, and I guarantee that you will go back. Uh, there's a constant flow of new deliveries arriving at bigger trees each week, and the bare root stock will be not very far away. It's a good time to place an order if that's of interest to you. Their stock is really well priced, very, very reasonable. And you can now shop at bigger trees online if you choose to. So if you go to biggertrees.com.au, you can actually go shopping online. Dangerous. Oh. Yeah, and they are located in Isaac Road up in Pickering Brook. And uh, you can check out their website and their Facebook page for updates as well. And so we have four $75 gift vouchers for you to go shopping up at Bigger Trees. Compliments of the wonderful Carrie uh, at Bigger Trees. And she supports this program very, very well. And we thank you so much, Kerry, uh, for for doing so. And we also have a couple of litres of Very Go to give away each hour. And so what is Very Grow? So I am glad you asked. Very Grow is an all-purpose fertilizer and soil conditioner and it's made from Aussie wool and it is a scientific breakthrough and it is a gardening game changer created right here in WA. It's safe, it's natural and it could be the best thing your garden has ever ever had. So search verygrow.com.au to learn more about this revolutionary product. We're going to give away two liters this hour and two liters next hour. And I here we go again. You are busting to say well, something. Well, I was just go. going to say it's a great innovation, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and what about what we've decided to do for right? A well, price? Ray and I were talking. And we think that our listeners deserve an extra special treat. Well, I hope they'll think that. Anyway, 
We were thinking that the highest donator in the two hours... The highest donation. The highest donation by value in two hours will be invited to morning tea for two in my garden with the gardening team in springtime. In spring. Wouldn't that be nice? Mm. We can all sit around and... Uh, we can have a high tea. We have a high tea. That sounds We can do exciting. a garden wander. We can. And the bees will probably... <laughs> I'll show you my bug hotels. (laughs) I will tell you my favourite plants. I'll probably get out my photo albums. So we'll have a couple of hours and we will enjoy the spring weather in my garden. Botanic obsession. Yeah, so for the highest donation between Mm. 8 and 10 a.m. And if you'd like to come, the invite is open to you. Uh, Now, Jeff of Mindari commented on Neville keeping suburbs green. He has a comment, knocking down all the beautiful trees next to the freeway at Belcatta for a cycleway is happening. I know. And then you just imagine, there you are, cycling in full sun. We're turning into a concrete jungle. I know. You know, if if people can't maintain livable gardens and, you know, we can all do better as far as choosing the appropriate plants. Like we talked to Stan and he's decided to work with nature and getting fantastic results. We can all do that. We don't have to be growing pretty little annuals um, dotted through our huge gardens and keep the water up to them all through summer. There's Mm. about 10 weeks of peak heat. What is going to help us out in that time is the canopy of trees. Now, what's better is if those trees lose leaves in the wintertime and actually feed the soil. Like, how easy is that? You're building Mm. up the soil, you're letting the sunlight in. Let's understand more about our gardens. If we revert to uh, instant turf outside, you can't enjoy a cool climate in the middle of the day. You can't walk on that turf. So you're not going to be outside, you're going to be inside. It's still going to be hot. Mm. You turn the air conditioner on. So you're using energy. So it's mm. a shift away from mm. what's natural. Like mm. how do you be self-sufficient? Like we want to reduce energy and water. It's not one or the other. Yeah. We need to do it all. Yeah. Well said. They're changing goalposts on it, right? Yes, and are. I'm not, you know. And I'm, as Neville was saying, it hasn't been scientifically. No. Yeah. Some of the information that has come out, has not been truth. I mm. I know that. I'm not I don't know everything there is to know about water, mm. but I know it's not the truth. And mm. I don't believe and I don't look up to people who don't tell the truth mm. when they're trying to achieve something. Mm. I know that letters are going out telling people they're using too much water, mm. which is Fear-mongering. And I won't have it. When I lived in Maylands, that happened. Um, and I thought I got a letter and I thought it was just me. It turned out the whole burb was I getting know. letters from the water corp telling you that you were, you know, uh, overusing water. And, and and one lady started crying. And, yeah. You know, and then I found out it was the whole burb. And I was like, oh, how do you do? So that's politics for we, you. We have to stop now. Like, <laughs> yeah. We're, we're about a gardening show. I yeah. want people to come here and be happy and let's all work together for the betterment of our environment and each other. Okay, well said. Back shortly. Curtain Radio. And here we are. This is Let's Talk Gardening. It is a Radiothon gardening show. Please donate during the gardening program if you can. 92663900. Fabulous 
prizes on offer, as we've been talking about this morning, not to mention the highest bidder between 8 and 10 has the opportunity to sit in Faye's garden, have an afternoon tea in spring, and we'll all be there. Wouldn't that be a, a high tea with a glass of champagne Absolutely. and the gardening team? Absolutely. And Carol from Belcatta has just called in and uh, thanks us you for the comment on the water bore situation. <laughs> so much more to be said, Carol, but, the, but there's a fine line, isn't there? <laughs> I've, I've been holding back. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah. I did actually put pen to paper the other day, um, yeah, so I'm going to write to Mark, yeah. but I will be putting in everything that, you know, my thoughts. I try mm. and keep it positive. Um, I'm looking at the big picture. Mm. Not not for me personally. No, for everybody. For a lot of people. Yeah. And the spin-off from it, like, yeah, we've got to look at the big picture. Anyway, back to lemon trees, right? Okay, and uh, we are going to the news at 9am as well. So let's go to Marangaroo. Leslie, how's it all going? Oh, good morning there, girls. Uh, this is just a, a quick uh, question. Um, I, I, ne- I was pine bark, putting down pine bark, um, will just sprinkling blood and bone over the soil um, help prevent the uh, pine bark from drawing out the nitrogen? It will, Leslie. Very good. Yeah, will, that, yes. will that be enough? Would will, will, will just do, doing that be enough to prevent that from happening? Well, that that is um, a countermeasure. Now, in, interesting. So for listeners that don't understand what happens, when you put on... Uh, a green mulch, so one that's just been chipped or a straw that's still breaking down, it actually can pull nitrogen out of the soil. And when it does that, your plants may go yellow. So if you've put down a mulch and your plants have gone yellow, this could be the case. So what Leslie's talking about is sprinkling blood and bone first and real blood and bone. So look at the package and and make sure that you are getting real blood and bone. (laughs) And then... You, you put down a mulch on top of that and that will counter the nitrogen drawdown. Now, I've used a lot of green mulches on my garden over the years, but I'm not putting it onto a virgin garden bed. I'm, I tend to be topping up. So you've already got that interface that's got some mulch on the soil. So that also makes a difference. That can counter it. Um Green mulches are wonderful. There's nothing wrong with them. A thick layer of mulch um, after you've disturbed the weeds will actually help suppress weeds. And any that do pop through are going to be much easier to pull out because the roots are are light and fluffy compared to compacted soil Mm. that you've walked on and uh, the weeds are just going gangbusters like they are at the moment with a little bit of sunshine and lots of rain. Yeah. Yes. Hmm. Okay, thank you very much there, girls. Excellent. Topic. Thanks, Leslie. Thank you there, girls. I love your show. Thank you. You're you're welcome, Leslie. Cheers, love. And let's go to Les Murdy. We're talking about terracotta pot. Yes, Ian, hi. Good morning, Ian. Hi, Hi, girls. I love your show. Thank Thank you. you. I'm thinking about getting them. um, I've got a couple of really large terracotta pots, and I was wondering if I... uh, if blueberries would grow well in, and what sort of location I should put them in? Uh, well, yes, they will. Uh, not in full sun. What yep. One of the things you can do, if you're looking for aesthetics, is put 
a pot inside a terracotta pot. That yep. way you have the ability to, to well, move them around if they're in pots, uh, but also it insulates it a bit. So whereas a ter- terracotta pot will heat up and breathe in summertime, like you water your plant and the terracotta yep. um, is quite porous, so the water can dry out. So a yep. plastic pot will help that. You can also seal the terracotta pot. Uh, having okay. having said that, I have never done that. Uh, blueberries will not want to be in full some summer sun with winds, yep. but they will need light and sunshine to fruit and flower. So the pots are about two foot wide and about uh, six hundred wide and about uh, six hundred high. They're quite large. Okay. Um, so is filtered light okay for them? Morning sun? Oh, at this time of year, uh, full sun would be fine. Fantastic. Thank you very much for your advice. You're welcome, Ian. Thanks, Ian. They All like, right. they like uh, dappled light, don't they? They do in summer, but at this time of year, they, they will be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, it's like a triangle, I reckon, Ray. Like the potting mix is a key factor, the light is a key factor. And, of course, the time of year changes and yeah. how much water you give them changes. Yeah. So how much water you give them depends on the potting mix and the pot they're in. So I've got yeah. lots of succulents in terracotta pots yeah. and they, um, they, they don't rot because the terracotta pots are very porous porous yeah. and the mix is free draining. And it just drains through. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And we had a good drop of rain overnight, didn't we? Oh, we, on our we're gardens. the last two nights. Yeah. Well, our June uh, rainfall so far is 51.8 mils. So last year we had 93.6. So we've got a bit of catching up to do. Hope we do. Uh, but 51.8. So we have jumped up quite significantly in the last week and uh, more rain to come. So we're looking forward to that. All right. It's nine o'clock, everyone. Maximum today of 1,800% chance of showers. And yes, we've already experienced that. Right now we're sitting at 15.4 degrees and the humidity is 69%. Tomorrow overnight the minimum will be 12 with a maximum tomorrow of 19. Showers are easing. And on Monday the minimum overnight will be 8 and the maximum of 19. It will be partly cloudy. Now, Radiothon. The Radiothon number. I hope you have a pen, listeners. Write this down, 92663900. That will take you to our boardroom and we have lovely people sitting waiting for your call. We have Irina and Cheryl and Helen that I know of. And if you would like to donate online, that's easy too, by simply going to our website, curtainfm.com.au. Faye, you look like you want to say something. Here I go again. You always look like you just can't wait for me to finish so that you can talk. Go ahead. (laughs) You're lucky that I wait for you to finish so I I can talk. I know. (laughs) A couple of emails, Ray. That's that's why I need to talk. Uh, This comes in from Michelle and she also says, I love your show. She has a dwarf lemon tree that she first gave to her dad a few years ago. He took it out of the pot and put it in the ground. It never got any flowers and it developed citrus gall. So she dug it up, took it home, put it into a larger pot. 
She's cut all the, the galls out and it looks very healthy. So that's a good sign. However, it's not flowering and no signs of producing fruit. It would be around 8 to 10 years old. So it sounds like it's had a tough life, Michelle. And it sounds very healthy now, which is a good sign. So I think you're probably on the home stretch. I would just make sure that the pot is large enough. I would keep the surface of the pot mulched because they do have a very shallow root system. If it's very healthy, then it's probably getting good amounts of nitrogen fertilizer because that will contribute to leaf growth. What we want for citrus is a complete fertilizer to encourage fruiting. Mm. So apply that in springtime. Because it's in a pot, I would definitely use a controlled release fertilizer. And for now, you could just use something general purpose. But until it it kicks off uh, in springtime, you probably won't see a lot of change. But maybe next season. Yeah. So, I mean, you it sounds like you've done the right thing and it's on on its way to doing the right thing. I had trouble years ago with citrus trees. I end up with seven lemons and now I have lemons Galore. A lot of yeah, I've got the lots of lemons in a mm, pot, mm. Uh, which you know actually that that would be seven years old. It's not very big, but I get a few lemons off it, mm. and I've got a Maya and a Eureka in the ground. So I have lemon heaven, oh. and it doesn't produce any seeds. Oh mm. wow! And of course, there's lemonade. So go and buy yourself another lemon tree, and mm. you know, don't don't wait. We mm. all need lemons, yeah, and oranges too. Yeah. Oh, and mandarins. And a grapefruit have been it's, amazing as yes, well at the moment. Yes, it's mm. a one. I mean, citrus is so easy. If you can keep them alive in summer and keep yeah. the water up to them, mm. you'll get good fruits at this time of yeah. year. Yeah, and citrus mm. in cooking is amazing. I mm. I like citrus with everything. Mm. Mm. Makes wonderful sauces. I will quickly. Go to this one. Um, Dominique from Rockingham had lost a Satsuma plum last summer. She's removed the stump and as much of the root system as she could, and she wants to put a blood orange in its place, which at the moment is in a pot. Dominique, you really need to dig a hole, I would say, as big as a metre wide and probably about 50 centimetres deep at mm, least, mm -hmm. get rid of all those roots. Otherwise, don't bother planting anything in its place. Yeah. Um, improve the soil. I would use a clay and compost or soil concentrate that you can get in a bag. Mix it all around with your sand. That is the best chance that you could give any tree going in and mulch it. And then slow-release fertiliser, like I just said, and away you go. Mary Ann has natives and she got them from the Shire. If they're not putting them into the ground straight away, should they put them into a larger pot? I would say yes, if you can't put them into the ground. And I use a premium fertiliser potting mix that I have good results with and it, it doesn't have to be special native. Uh, but just, just double check. Some plants don't like phosphorus, but I think you'll mm. find, I know one of the native nurseries they use one of the uh, premium potting mixes that is well-known family business been around for years okay no thank you for that all right let's head to mun daring margaret good morning morning margaret morning girls um yesterday um Faye, in your seat was eric mccrum ah chatting to jenny and he had some very interesting 
comments to make about the topic that you've broached this morning with our water yes yes vegetation and without naming names he said that we have got to plant more natives now for people who live in the city there are a lot of natives that one can grow in their gardens that are not high trees endangering power lines for example um they don't drop a lot of leaves, but they provide the right flowers for the the, bee, the birds. And Eric said, tubular flowers are required for our honey eaters who need the nectar, like hakea and grevillea and bottlebrush and banksia. And these trees do not drop a lot of leaves because they're evergreen. Mm. And um, we've just got to plant as many natives as we can because there's so much vegetation being destroyed yeah. by those other people. Mm-hmm. Um, not to mention now cockatoos, of course. I don't know how we're they obviously just going to have to live in the areas like at the hills because we've, we're the ones who've got all the trees because <clears throat> there won't be any trees in the suburbs for the cockies. But, it, um, um, I mean, with this path pathway, it, what did you say, Balcatta or somewhere? Yeah, the, the cycleway. be destroyed mm. for a cycleway. Why can't the cycleway be relocated and be a winding path, not mm. necessarily a straight one, mm. to accommodate the, the walkers and the cyclists? Exactly. Planning, planning and preparation, Margaret. That's what because needs to happen. One of the people who rang, there's quite a few people who rang and spoke to Eric during the hour that he was on air with Jenny for the radiothon. And uh, one gentleman very kindly had bought some bird seed and a bird bath and put it up on the top of his shed roof, oh. which was obviously flat. Um, but he said the bird seed was hardly touched and Eric very kindly um, explained how it was necessary for us to plant the appropriate bushes for, I mean, uh, for the birds because he said to, you know, plant the hakeas and the bottle brush and the grevilleas in his garden somewhere for the birds. But, um, see, now what about crepe myrtles and silver princess? Eucalypts. There are little eucalypts that city people can grow in their gardens. Yes, that um, provide the habitat for our birds and bees and so forth. That's right. Absolutely. So it was very interesting to hear from him. So I will go back and listen to that. Thank you, uh, Margaret. Eric McCrum is never uninteresting. Yeah. He's just the most fascinating man, right? Oh, his knowledge is just extraordinary, so unique. Exactly, Margaret. Yeah. We will come back to this in another show because this is a, a lovely topic to cover. So, thank you. Thank you. Cheers, love. Take care. Bye. Cheers for that. As promised, we have Sam Roxas online now. Sam is the Victorian State Rep for the Aroid Society of Australia. Sam, thanks for waiting. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Good morning, ladies. How good. are we? Very good. And you're coming to us from Melbourne. Sure am, where it's very, very cold at the moment. <laughs> oh, it's just very wet here today. So oh, is it? I'm sorry to hear. But <laughs> no, no, no. We need it to be wet. We're, mm. we're gardeners, so we're happy for the rain. 
amazing. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, so we got a surprise announcement in our inbox yesterday about an Aroid Society meetup coming to Perth next Saturday morning. So tell That's us all right. about this event. Yes. So we're actually having it. So the, it is Saturday the 25th. Um, it will be at 9.30 at the Manning Community Hall. And we're going to be doing a very exciting event, which has been taking, I guess, Australia by storm. We have always done it, um, but particularly because of all the lockdowns and COVID, yes. um, we have unfortunately not been able to do these events. But they are just a wonderful way of letting Aroid enthusiasts be amongst each other in a very communal way, um, sharing knowledge, having amazing things like plant sales, giveaways, door prizes, um, and essentially just being allowed or able to get excited about Aresia or the Aroids. Yeah. And it's a free event, isn't it? Yes, that's right. So can anyone go along? Yes, so we do have our members are always more than welcome to come. Um, we do have that guests are able to come to a meeting once um, and then um, they're able to, yes, again, be a guest. Um, you can bring a friend. Um, we'll be providing morning tea and some refreshments as well. Lovely. So do, do guests have to register? Uh, no. So we do have um, our members will always get an email and they can RSVP through that email. Um, otherwise, they are able to just come on the day. We'll get some details and away they go. Okay. Explain to us what's so wonderful about Aroids, Sam. Oh, what isn't so wonderful Where do you about start? Aroids? Yeah. <laughs> um, they are pretty much majority of the wonderful things that people bring into their homes. So Aracia... Um, the family has many, many genuses and species that are Monstera, Alocasia. Um, yeah. My personal favorite is Anthurium, um, yeah. Philodendron, the ones that have pretty much been taking the world by storm. <laughs> so you're having an auction as well. What, what sort of plants will be on offer at this auction? Yeah, absolutely. Let me get it out because I actually spoke to, so we've got a beautiful um, uh, committee with us and Diane is the individual that will be running the one in WA. So I was messaging her last night to get the details and the dirt on Mm -hmm. um, what exactly was going to be there. So I'll just get it up. So we've got, we've got, we've got... So there's also plant sales, and these plants are coming in from Queensland, I believe. Yeah, so up from the north, um, we've got things like some philodendron hybrids, mm. um, things like a gigantium hybrid, a philodendron plowmanii. We have lots of different anthurium hybrids that is inclusive of crystallinum, magnificum, um, and let me see here, and... We also do have that um, something that we call popular vote, which is we normally have a highlighted topic. So, for example, uh, the one in Victoria was long-lived uh, aroids, and this one is going to be, uh, let me see here, it's going to be your favourite aroid, mm-hmm. and the winner of that will be getting a voucher from ASA. Wow. 
And favourite Aroid, so are there any rules about that? How long do you have to have owned it for? Or can you just go out and buy one today and take it next week? Oh, that is such a good question. So from, um, I believe we don't necessarily put a, uh, how long you've actually had it for at the moment. Um, I think maybe previous meetings we have done that, but for this one, there's no particular guideline that you have to uphold as long as it's an Aroid. And it's your favourite. I don't see why you can't bring it. Oh, lovely. Because I've just acquired one or two <laughs> or three. Oh, Which one? Uh, I got the variegated burly marks. And so did I. Oh, goodness. <laughs> we feed each other's oh, yeah, obsession yeah. here. I, like I told you, enablers. We are all we are. enablers. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's difficult. Sharing the love. All right. So this event is at the Manning Community Hall. Uh, which is Kenochi Crescent in Manning, and that's next Saturday, 9.30 to 12.30 p.m., free event. We can't wait. Yeah, we can't wait to see you there. Okay. You've been very generous. Take care. We'll let you get back to your weekend. Thanks, Sam. Cheers for that laugh. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Okay. Oh, wow. That just sounds absolutely amazing. Okay, let's head straight out to the lines. We're intrigued. Francis, good morning. Oh, good morning. Yes, it's Francis Gordon here from Trick. Yes. Hello, Francis. Yes. Um, now, my question. Oh, first of all, I would like to say that I did win one of the bigger trees vouchers. Oh, lucky so you. I impressed with that nursery. It was just beautiful. And I, I managed to get myself some, some uh, ferns ready for my new house. Good on you, Francis. Yeah, it's right. a great now, nursery, isn't it? It is beautiful. Yes. Now, the, the quest- I've got a question about marines. I've um, my flower. They've just finished flowering, and I've still got green leaves, but got dead flower head. Uh, what do I do now? Cut the flower stalks down and give it a liquid feed all over the leaves, a liquid foliar feed. And when right. the leaves die down, they'll take their energy into the bulb, and that is how you um, produce the flowers for next year. So what you do now determines next year's flowering. Okay, so I just they're in a pot, so do I just leave them in the pot or do you need to lift them when they've... Yeah, no, just leave died. them in the pot. They will die down naturally, Francis. Okay, because um, they still seem very green, but that's going to... It'll gonna take a while. Yes. yes, right. And when they do... Oh, no, I liquid feed them now. Yes. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you very much for that. You're All welcome. Right. Have thank a great you. day. Enjoying the show. Yeah, good on you. Thank Bye. you. Bye. And it is a Radiothon morning. If you would like to donate uh, between now and the end of the show, you will have the opportunity to win one of two Bigger Tree vouchers and also two litres of a very grow liquid fertiliser and soil improver. Okay, so that number is 92663900. 92663900. Three nine double zero, ladies, you're in the boardroom right now, and uh, it would be very, uh, we would be very much appreciated if you did to vote. Sorry, not vote, um, <laughs> donate to the gardening show to support us to, to support the station, and we run the radiothon event to create extra revenue for the station. State radio stations are very expensive to to actually keep running, and. I work in sales, and whilst 
we do create revenue for the station. We have a ceiling on our revenue because we only can sell five minutes of airtime each hour. So once we have reached that cap of five minutes, we can't sell anymore. So we do have a ceiling on how much money we can create for the station. Hence, in the spirit of community, we run an event, as do all community radio stations each year, called Radiothon. And our obviously our charter is to raise money from our listeners and we value that so much and we appreciate it so much. So that's that's in a nutshell, you know, in part what it is about. And that number is 92663900. And again, Faye, you'd like to say something? I would like to say thank you for explaining that, Ray, because a lot of people don't understand they think we're just how, taking money. how it works. And yeah. we, we do our best each week. Yeah. Um, but yeah, trust me, radio stations, very, very expensive uh, to to keep keep moving along and uh, from from on on every level and so this is very very important to us hence that I believe there's been uh, some people are unhappy with us asking for the highest donation which is a little bit like having an auction and we've done that in the past where we've auctioned mm. a consult and the highest bidder has actually won a consult with Faye that's all we were trying to create and with I'm a, sorry if I've upset anyone by what we said. We just thought we were trying to add value to Radiothon and add dollars to the Radiothon. Correct. We'll be back shortly. And this is Radiothon. This is Let's Talk Gardening. And that number, if you'd like to donate into the gardening show to Curtain Radio, of course, 92663900. We're back out to the lines. We're in Warmborough. Trish, good morning. Hello. Um, yeah, really enjoying the show as usual. Thanks, Trish. It's um, good to hear. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I was just wondering if um, if you could give me any information, if you know anything about it. I've, I've seen this beautiful tree in the suburbs. It's called. Um, I've done some research because the guy who who's um, who owns it, it's on his property. Um, he doesn't know what it is. Ooh. Um, Oh, yeah, um, so I did a bit of research, and I think it's called um, an African tulip tree. Ah, yes, yes, with yeah, beautiful no, no, well. red flowers. Yes, and sometimes they have yellow flowers. Okay, not not well, on the same tree, different tree, but there is a, a yellow oh. flowering one. Mm, and they're toxic to bees too. I've ju- that's what I was just going mm. to ask you. You yes. know, they are toxic to bees. They are. But how Correct. come they get the flowers then if they're toxic to bees? Oh, it's a complex system that we live in, Trish. And, <laughs> well, where where are those plants from? Probably South America. They're probably pollinated by uh, a beetle or a hummingbird or something a little bit different. And the European honeybees are probably from Europe. So things evolve. And uh, the and I guess plants evolve to to trick or to uh, suck in their pollinators. So they have tactics for getting pollinators. So they've adapted something that works for maybe the the birds to pollinate them. But then we know what the oh. European honeybees are like. They're just they will go to anything and at their own peril. So they they don't know what's not good for them. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah, yeah, it does, yeah. Um, but I was thinking, I, would I be able to get one anywhere? Probably not, not just anywhere. Them? Check with the tree nurseries, uh, specialist tree nurseries. Yeah. I don't think you'll ever see one at your local hardware store. 
Uh, but no. but there are tree specialists, so I would ring a couple of them and, and put your name down. Or just Google shopping online, Perth, and I'm sure something will pop up. Yeah, so do you think it'd be worth having one in my garden? If you like them. It's be- the beautiful trees. I've been admiring that for you know, many years now, and I, I just managed to catch him the other day. He was in the garden. Right. Um, so I had a bit of a chat with him, you know, and he said he's had his tree for 30 years now, and he bought it from a guy from Fremantle Markets, an Asian guy. Right. Lovely. Uh, and it's absolutely magnificent. I love it. Oh. Well, in Thank that you, case, Trish. you probably should get one. Permission to go and get one, Trish. <laughs> Thank you very much. Oh, You're welcome. Right. Cheers for that. Well, I'm on a mission oh. now. Okay. You are. Bye for Thank now. Thank you. And let's head to Belga. Good morning to Rob. How are you? Oh, yes, I'm well. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank Pretty you. good, thanks, Rob. Good, good to hear. Um, with the grapefruit tree, uh, it's only about three to four years old. Um, but when we get the fruit from it, it's got a very thick fist, very thick indeed, and the fruit is quite small. Um, earlier on, it tended to drop off, but now it sort of hangs there, but they're, they're still quite small. Now, she who must be obeyed said it's fertiliser. It should be fertiliser. But the thing we don't know is when to fertilise it, and is she right about the fertiliser? Could could be. Uh, citrus trees like many fruiting plants, need a whole kit and caboodle of fertiliser, your macronutrients and your trace elements. So I would be looking for one of the best fertilisers that you can get that has got a big list of trace elements. They are available at your nursery and hardware stores and that will give it a little bit of a lot of things. Now, if you use a complete controlled release fertiliser, Mm. at the appropriate time. So kind of little and often, but I always fertilise in spring and Mm. autumn at Mm. minimum. And, of course, these fertilisers hang around for around six months. So do it when the tree's growing, but at at least autumn and springtime. So it's a little bit late to do it now and leave it till the spring, is that what I, you're saying? I wouldn't do it now for two reasons. One, the soil will possibly be too cold because the nutrients are released uh, dependent on temperature. And the other thing is that it's winter. So we're getting a lot of rain and a lot of fertiliser will be washed through. Right. Okay, so okay. wait till springtime. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Have Thanks, a great Rob. day, Rob. Thank you. Bye. And we do have some uh, prize winners from the hour between 8 and 9 for our products that we've uh, promoted today for Radiothon as incentives for our gardening listeners to donate to the station. The very For the very grow, we have Rod Baker in Hammersley and Irene Betridge of Gosnells. Congratulations, guys. And the Bigger Tree vouchers, $75 voucher coming your way, Lynn Potter in Subiaco and Violet Shaw in Wanneroo. Congratulations, guys. And I have some names to read out. The telly is sitting at 80000 548. Let's try and give that a bit of a push in the next half hour. 
uh, for the uh, Radiothon Let's Talk Gardening program. We're competitive, aren't we, Faye? <laughs> just yeah, a little just bit. Just a little bit. Okay, we've got Jim Pianto and Michael Harrison, Irene Bettridge, Moira Mason, Lynn Potter, Anne McKenzie, Rod Baker, Violet Shaw, Tom Shaw, Jeannie Napier, Roberta Scanlon, Don Fiorini and Carol Fiorini and Peter McLennan, Susan Bauer. Guys, thank you very, very much for donating to Let's Talk Gardening and more importantly to Curtain Radio. Appreciate that very, very much. And uh, we'll give you an update and prize winners heading towards 10 o'clock. So please keep donating if you can to very, very good cause, your favourite station, Perth's radio station, Curtain Radio, 922, no, sorry, let me say that again, 9266-3900. And you can donate online by going to curtainfm.com.au. And don't forget, any donation over $2 is tax deductible as and, well. And what a nice time. It's end of financial year. It's nice to <laughs> to get a, a, a tax deduction. A tax break. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes, big shout out to all our listeners yeah. who over the year, every week, either call, email or even just listen. Yeah. Many of them are on the road listening yep. on their phones yep. or digital radio. We're Thank, always amazed, aren't we, you. at how many people are listening to this uh, program and wherever we go. Yeah. I know. And, you know, Ray, this week I, I spoke to a couple of our listeners because they uh, either emailed or called and left messages and... You know, the history, like we, we cross paths so often. One lady I met when I did a talk out at Bunnings uh, about 10 years ago. Mm. Another one I came across when I was doing aquaponics and I remembered that she lived out in the kennel zone. She's now in Bustleton. So she wrote in asking about uh, wicking beds and fruit trees and, and where to place them. So, yeah, it's amazing how paths cross over time and yeah. and i do love hearing yep. people's stories yes we do and knowing what they're up to okay so what do you got there uh this has come from inga and it is a beautiful picture of a maya lemon tree with over 75 lemons on it in a blue ceramic pot they're juicy and perfect and she says I don't know what I'm doing. Doing right. right. I, I know, give it a it? citrus fertilizer every now and again. Water regularly. Love your show and keep up the good work. Thank you, Inga. It's nice to know that we please some people. Some people. Because <laughs> I've upset a couple today. So sorry about that. No, no, no. And not at all. Radiothon 92663900. You've got another half hour to donate, or I should say probably 20 minutes to donate to Let's Talk Gardening. Go into the draw to win fabulous prizes from both Bigger Trees and Very Grow. And, of course, Bigger Trees is uh, a big supporter of Let's Talk Gardening. Wonderful nursery. Huge range and array of plants, just about everything. You know when I hear listeners saying, where can I get that tree? Where, would, where mm. do you think I'll find that tree? Go mm. to Bigger Trees. Give Kerry a call. Start there at least. She's going to be able to help you. I'm and sure source. what she hasn't got, she can probably get in. Absolutely. And uh, they have a wonderful website, uh, biggertrees.com.au, and a Facebook page for you to follow so you can see what's going on up there. And uh, as we were saying last week or the week before, Go heading up towards Pickering Brook. There's some great places up there to stop and have a have a 
lunch or a cuppa mm. or it's absolutely gorgeous part of the world and it's only about if I was to jump in my car I'd be there in 20 minutes here from Bentley absolutely it's not far at all and uh, not to forget the very grow fertilizer concentrate so you get a liter of this stuff and it lasts you for a very long time because it's like just one capful to about nine liters and it is made from Aussie wool it's filled with amino acids and it is a scientific breakthrough uh, for the garden and it's once again an inexpensive product to actually Actually purchase. It's great for gardeners to not have to fork out heavily for a product that really does work very well in your garden. It is natural. And if you would like to learn more about this product, go to verygrow.com.au and uh, find out for yourself what this revolutionary product is all about. Very Grow Fertilizer Concentrate. Okay, what's next? Well, I'm all out of breath now. <laughs> Well, you've been doing all the work this morning, Ray, so thank you. I feel like I've just been sitting here just talking. <laughs> That's what you do every week, Faye. I do, I'm do. i always panicking away behind the scenes, as you know, pressing like buttons it. and hoping to on God's name that I haven't pressed the wrong one. <laughs> oh, maybe we should have a song today in the, the last half hour. But what's happening now? Uh, with the rains, things are active in the garden. I know not everybody gets out there and, and does a reconnaissance when it's wet and cold. You know, it's easy to just yeah. hang about inside. But if you put it your is. boots on and your umbrella and go for a wander, I was amazed this week to see just how much is flowering. I've, <laughs> I think I've got every member of the plant families represented. We have hibiscus and cymbidium orchids in flower. We have uh, zygocactus and bromeliads. There are roses hanging on. They certainly are, aren't they? Uh, princess lilies, the alstroemeria, mm. are mm. in bloom. Um, some of the native plants, the thryptamine, uh, the bottle brusher spot flowering, kangaroo paws. I, I've still got chilies on my chili plant, believe mm. it or not, the mm. hypercalama, little uh, native plants. The, you know, there's a lot out there. Yeah. It's interesting. And where there's not colour, there's foliage colour. Mm. So it doesn't all have to be flowers. Yeah, so don't hibernate. No, exactly. Put on a and jacket, of course, get your umbrella, put on your little welly boots and off you go. And uh, because it's been so wet, I've been plugging away on my computer, tizzing up my photos because on Monday night I'm giving a talk to the Cottage Garden Circle. And where's that? They meet at the South Perth Community Centre. Can anyone go? Anybody can go. Uh, there is a fee, small fee for entry, so that covers supper. Uh, but there's more on offer. So around 7 o'clock, uh, Darren Thorpe will be giving a talk on her favourite gardens. John Banasavage will be there with a pop-up fern shop. And I will be there talking about fascinated by fungi and mm. showing a few photos. So I've been working on those. Yeah. And, of course, then a little bit of a... Slippery slope into slime moulds. So. <laughs> <laughs> One of your favourite passions and mm. subjects. And okay. I got a microscope this week, Ray. I know, I know. <laughs> and that's just opened up a whole new world for you, hasn't it? I, I know. So how far can you zoom into something? Six, 40 times. 40 times. So yes, I can see beyond things Beyond the naked that, eye. Yes, mm. I, I couldn't see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well worth it. And I have a gallery of dead bugs. <laughs> the first thing that I oh, photographed. Fabulous. Yeah. Well, you'd be amazed at what the face of a cockroach looks like. I, I, I think I would too. <laughs> I think I would too. All right, let's head to Safety Bay. We're talking about a Cape gooseberry bush. Jasmine, good morning. Good morning. And uh, 
my uh, granddaughter would like a Cape Gooseberry bush for her little guy. Ah, yes. We've always had them in the family, yeah. and then since I moved down here from northern suburbs, I don't have one, and I was wondering if anybody in the Rockingham Safety Bay area has them. Mm, I'm sure they would because they once you've got a plant, they just pop up in your garden randomly. No, we mm. always had them for years and years and years from children to grandchildren. Now the great-grandies would like them. Mm, okay, so Safety Bay, Rockingham area, Cape Gooseberry Bush. Mm. If anyone's got one close by, maybe ring Bev on 94841927. Uh, failing that, Jasmine, when I find one in my garden, or my mate John does, perhaps we'll pop one up for you. That would be absolutely mm. lovely. Thank you. I don't get around much anymore. Oh, well, I will, you know, that will stay in the back of my head when I'm gardening, as lots of things do. Your head is amazing. <laughs> I still have the West Australian Gardening book with you in it. Oh, really? Fabulous. So was that an article that I wrote? It was when you had just finished your um, horticulture or whatever you were doing and getting out there. That's quite old, and I've had it for years. (laughs) Like me. (laughs) (laughs) If you like it, you can have it. Oh, well, if you don't want it, I I would happily have it because, you know, I'd love to do a scrapbook for my grandkids, you know, something else for the kids to throw out when I'm not here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm getting to the, you know, go through stage, go through this and that and everything else and uh, put it in the bin. So, yes, yeah. uh, I will uh, um, pop you back to bed and I'll get where to, well, I can send it to you at the studio, I suppose. Okay, and and hopefully we can find someone with a Cape Gooseberry bush. I know mine are filling out at the moment, so even seeds. Yes, I know, even just one little dried up berry will do. Okay, well, I'm I'm sure if no one else comes through, I can do that for you, Jasmine. (laughs) Thank you so much, Faith. You're welcome. Cheers, love. Take care. I'm going to put you back to Bev, Jasmine. Okay. Okay, cheers for that. All right, we'll be back in a moment. You're with Ray and Faye, and let's talk gardening on this Radiothon Gardening Show. And uh, we still have lots to talk about, and uh, you can give us a call if you have a gardening question, 94841927. And a big shout-out to our support behind the scenes. We have Bev Daring every week and John Glidden, and uh, these guys are absolutely amazing, and this program wouldn't happen without their backup and support, so big Kiss to Bev Daring and John Glidden, as well as our uh, Radiothon and our volunteers that work at this radio station. station would not function without volunteers, of which we have many and the most delightful group of people you could ever wish to meet. That's so true, Ray. And I'm grateful for their presence. Mm. (laughs) Absolutely. And we are volunteers ourselves, are we not, Faye? We are, and... Mm -hmm. and we wouldn't be here without the listeners, would we, Ray? <laughs> if they stop listening. Yeah, so yeah. you better, better get in there and vote. Nine, two, double. Vote. vote. See, there I go again. Vote Donate. for Let's Talk Gardening. Don't <laughs> vote for Let's Talk Gardening. Donate, please. Uh, nine, two, double, six, three, nine, double, zero. Donate if you can. That would be uh, very, very appreciated. Carry and, on. And n- not only will they go in the running to receive a bigger trees voucher, or very, very grow product. products. They also are in the running to have morning tea in my garden, a high tea yes. with the gardening team. So yeah. Ray, Faye, John and Bev. Yes. And, and we would a... like nothing more 
Yes, and what a lovely afternoon <laughs> that will be. A in high the morning. Tea. In, uh, a high tea it, in the morning. Is it going to be the morning? Oh, well, it's That'll, flexible. It's flexible. We haven't worked it out just yet. Okay, yes. Well, we we sprung it on ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> And we tend to do that. Mm. Well, we're just we're just trying we're to victims. do the right yeah. thing, trying to offer our listeners something yeah. that they might be Value. interested in, mm-hmm. and help the radio station at the same time. And if I uh, put the terms out there inappropriately, I apologise. Like mm. I'm a gardener, yeah, and <laughs> yeah. I'm a bit out of my depth here, Ray. Yeah. Well, that's no, how everyone I, else is. I define radio myself people. as a gardener as well, a hobby gardener. That's how I see myself. I'd be quite happy for that to be on my epitaph. Gardener. That's very, quite very, interesting, very isn't very it? Very proud of that. You know, last night I was asked to judge an insect photographic competition. Mm-hmm. And the hard, harder than that was then I was asked to, uh, to give a blurb about how I would like to be acknowledged. So <laughs> host of Let's Talk Gardening, secretary to... You know, the company mechanic husband, (laughs) nana, horticulturalist, wannabe and entomologist. Yeah, wannabe. Mm. Yeah, wish I was an entomologist. Writer, talker. Yeah, you cover off all trades. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) All right. uh, Now, we've got a break coming up at 10.2. Did you have something there you needed to Uh, add, please? Well, John came in with more information. Uh, The tulip tree is native to Angola, Ethiopia, Ghana, Kenya, Sudan, Tanzania, Uganda and Zambia. Africa. Mm. So so exotic to Australia, Brazil, Costa Rica Mm. uh, and a few other places. They are pollinated by birds and bats. And thank you to Andrea. Andrea writes to us regularly providing more information. And I really appreciate that because I don't know everything. And the African tulip tree is a declared pest in some states and kills our native stingless bees en masse. There are some trees that just shouldn't be here. So mm. that's, you know, another point that we, we knew that it did kill bees, but we didn't go into detail about it also killing the native stingless bees. Mm. Mm. Okay. Very interesting. Let's head to Cardinia. Patricia, good morning. Oh, good morning. Um Love your show, always listening. Thank you. Um, I have a, a jasmine, you know, creeper jet, the star jasmine. Yes. It's, I had it on the wall and then I had a, a, a pine, a cocos palm there and the cocos, I chopped the cocos palm off and it crept around the cocos palm. But now the cocos palm has rotted. So I, wondered, I was wondering how far back can I cut the jasmine back or not? Oh, that's going to be quite extraordinarily messy isn't it Patricia yeah, because that's what I thought yeah you can easily make a mistake uh, when yeah. you when you go to cut it back thinking that you you're cutting off an end but you're almost cutting off a beginning and and yeah. it will tell you yeah uh, because it will die so I would um, cut it look at where it is growing from the base. And yep. cut up to a node where there is green, if that's possible. I'm pretty. It's, it's quite old, um, mm. probably about twenty years old. Mm. And it, I had it on a trellis on the wall, see. And then it, then because I had a cocos palm there, I let it sort of creep onto that a bit. So, but now the cocos palm is rotted at the yes. bottom, so it can either all fall over or 
and I didn't know how far you could cut it back. I suspect that this is one that if you cut off at ground level, it will push out some more shoots in time. Oh, uh, really? I, I think, but I can't be sure. So no. I would urge you to, to be cautious and just uh, in doing that, give it a few light cuts and watch where the growth comes back from before oh, okay. you go further. So I think if you cut it back by about half... Yes. Then I think you'll find in the warmer weather it's going to push up some new growth, probably right from the base. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just wondering whether I'd kill it all together. Well, we can't be too sure <laughs> because of the age of it. Yes, yes. Okay. Thank you. I will try that and just see because otherwise the, the tree, I've got it staked up at the moment with one of those steel poles, mm. you know, but that's not going to last forever. So I actually did the same thing to a Hardenbergia the other day and I had long strands and I you know straightened them out untangled them and I cut back to nodes so it looks very sparse but I I will start from the the beginning with the two strands that I've got left to go forward Oh, okay. Well, it's a chance I'll have to take then. I want to tidy it before maybe maybe it does fall, but I might just trim it back a bit harder and just see a little bit by little bit and just see how it goes. That's a a good way to do it if you don't want to lose it, Patricia. Yes. Okay, then. Thank you very much for that. You're welcome. Cheers, Patricia. Bye. Bye. Okay, and we shall return. Curtain Radio. And this is Let's Talk Gardening and Jim Crinan will be with you from 10am with a classic 70s. Your mouth's hanging wide open. Go on. (laughs) Well, I thought I was looking at a photo of rose cuttings, Ray. And as I read, this comes from Teresa and she says, I was given a few cuttings believed to be a Mexican sunflower with yellow flowers. I put it in water to shoot and these white things appeared. Can you please tell me if they are friend or and is this normal? This is roots, um, or this is where the roots will come from. Look at that, Ray. It looks like popcorn in the vase. It really does. And the Mexican sunflower I have in my garden at the moment. Last year they took over. This year I've um, cut a lot of them back. They stand three metres tall right. and they have huge yellow flowers. They're no good for putting in a vase for cut flowers because unfortunately they don't last but a fantastic permaculture plant because you can cut and drop them and they feed the soil. And I messaged Fiona Blackham this week, a permaculture guru, and we'll be speaking to her about uh, water and, you know, how, how a permi would manage mm. water because we know that they, they're very in sync with sustainability. Yes, making the most of things. Um, You know, some of the things I keep thinking about are an umbrella canopy of a tree that provides shade in the summer that will cool underneath, will drop leaves in the winter, will allow sun in. And so where I've got this happening in my garden, in wintertime the leaves drop and they feed the soil, which also helps to suppress weeds, less weeds grow in that area. Mm. These trees are still under the canopy of a gum tree but they they provide um, an ambiance where you wander around. There's foliage everywhere. Yeah, the gardens are cool. The soil is fed. So it's a mix of both worlds. 
The, the gum trees are a bit of a fire risk with the leaves they drop, but these deciduous trees help to balance that mm. and, and also to catch embers if they come. Mm. Oh, you know, I, I just try and think about everybody's situation uh, and going forward, we, we live in one of the most biodiverse places on earth, hence we're called a biodiversity hotspot. Correct. And so we have an abundance of native plants. I was also talking to Claire Palmer this week and she is concerned about the people that have put natives in the garden and come back because they didn't survive. So it's not one size fits all. Mm. All natives don't survive. We just need to upskill on a whole lot of things, not one thing. Yeah, correct. Okay, mm. now I have uh, some names that I would like to read out. The current tally is 81,103. Thank you very, very much to anyone who's donated into the gardening show and, of course, to Curtain Radio. We've got Linda Eves, Dale Preedy, Keith Perry, Francis Gordon, Pamela Angove, Roma Sadari and Cynthia Rowlandson. Thank you very much, guys. And our morning tea winner, Paddy Fitzpatrick. If Patty would like to come along to have uh, a morning tea, a high tea with the gardening team at Faye's Garden in in spring, we'll be in contact with you if you'd like to come along. This is your opportunity. And for the last hour, the Very Grow winners, we have Linda Eaves. Linda's in Port Kennedy. And we have Keith Perry of Dwelling Up. We certainly move around on this gardening show, don't we? Cover a lot of geography and the bigger voucher prize winners we have Cynthia Rawlinson in Gosnells and Francis Gordon of Trigg congratulations guys and again thank you for donating to Curtain Radio our once a year gig it's nice to be able to give something back to our listeners isn't it it is and thanking our our suppliers uh, bigger trees for the vouchers she supports this program every week and she she gave us a lot more to give away t- this morning and also to uh, my good mate Ramis, uh who is the proprietor of Very Grow and also another supporter of the station so thank you both very very much I think our work is just about done. Well, Can it you is. believe we're on time, June Kreiner? <laughs> we're normally nicking at one of your minutes and it doesn't go down very well, I know. <laughs> so how is that? So let's wrap up. Let's uh, keep those phones ringing. 92663900. It's a big day lined up today. You've got Born in Boots. And let me tell you, Brendan has some amazing prizes to give away mm. today. Really, really fantastic. And that'll run from 12 to 6 p.m., 12 noon to 6 p.m. And not to mention you, Jim Crine, and you, you're radiothoning it for the next two hours, as well as playing fantastic 70s music. Cannot wait. All right, I think basically our work is done. Anything you'd like to add? Well, just um, events that are on this week are the Cottage Garden Circle meeting on Monday evening. That you are speaking at? Yes, and pop-up shop with John Bannon Savage and... Favourite Gardens by Darren Thorpe. That's Monday night at 7 o'clock at the South Perth Community Centre. And then next Saturday, the Aroid Society of Australia meet-up at Manning Community Centre, Conachy Street, Conachy Crescent in Melbourne. Conachy Crescent. Manning. Manning, yes. At 9.30. So we'll get there a little bit late, but we'll not miss it for the world. No, absolutely not. So... 
uh, yeah, Jim Crinan is going to look after you now from with the classic 70s. And I want to just thank everyone for their donations in support of this great radio station and in support of Let's Talk Gardening. Let us be grateful to the people that make us happy. They are the charming gardeners who make our souls blossom. And on that note, dear people, happy gardening. We hope you've enjoyed listening to another edition of Let's Talk Gardening on Curtain Radio. Happy gardening.